You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. Have you ever thought to yourself as a dentist, well, I'm really frustrated. I'm just getting more and more frustrated and I don't know what to do about it but we're going to help you out of it. Today, I have an amazing coach on. Her name is Heather Crockett, and we talk about data-driven clarity. Three steps you could turn that frustration that you feel that's driving you crazy into informed action. This is so powerful. You can use it in your practice, and you can use it in your life. Please listen to this. I know you'll enjoy it, and we'll see you soon. Welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. I love this. I know I tell you that all the time, but I love it. Thank you for showing up. Thanks for listening. And our goal is to bring you great information from great speakers, great thinkers, great teachers, great coaches, great leaders in this amazing industry to help you create a better practice and better life. We're going to do just that with Heather Crockett today, who's an amazing coach here at Act Dental. And one of the challenges you probably have as a dentist is you get frustrated. You get frustrated, you get frustrated, you get frustrated, and you try to communicate, and you can't turn it into action. And so today, we're going to talk about how you can get out of that trap, and you can create something called data-driven clarity. There are three steps. You can turn this frustration that you feel into informed action, so you don't want to miss this. So, Heather, thanks for being on. I appreciate you, as always. I appreciate you, Kirk. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And Heather, we're on the eve of Heather speaking at the Dental Intel Conference. She's going to kill it. And we're so proud of her. So um, she's just become an amazing leader here. And uh, today we're going to be talking about this topic. So Heather, let's go right there and talk about the why. Now, this, now if you're listening, again, I'm always going to preface this, you guys. This is why we do the podcast. First of all, we love this industry. Secondly, if you don't know what we do, we're coaches. So we talk to great dental practices. I mean, people that take amazing CE and they hire us for one reason, because they want to take a good or great practice and make it even better. So it requires better thinking, better systems, you know, uh, better communication. And this is what Heather and I and their, our team does all day long. So we're not just making this up. I'm not just saying, oh, here's an idea. 
Like we have to take these problems and we got to create solutions for our clients. So Heather, give us some insight. You do this all day long. Why is this topic so important? It's so important because every single one of our clients deals with this. If you don't have any frustration in your practice, then you are not a normal practice (laughs) because we all deal with issues and frustrations from time to time. So oftentimes our clients are making decisions that are emotionally based and not data driven. So that is my goal with this podcast is to help our client and our community, right? Anybody that's listening to this podcast to help you to turn that frustration into that informed action because there's there's so much frustration. Oftentimes we get to the point, the brink of, okay, I'm just going to do this because it will help to take this off of my shoulders. It doesn't. It doesn't unless it's an informed decision. Yeah, I love it. And so as you're listening to this podcast and we walk you through these steps, you could also apply this in your own personal life because frustration will continue to grow and fester like bacteria and it'll ultimately become something worse than that. So one of the things I'll ask you to write down, if you take notes at all, you should take notes, is unresolved conflict always becomes a crisis. Let me say that again. Unresolved conflict always becomes a crisis. We just don't know when. So this frustration If you're a dentist and you have frustration and it's just happening day over day, something will break. You'll either explode on a team member, you'll get burned out, you'll give up, you'll go, all right, forget it. You know, so we don't want you to do that. So we're going to take this frustration and we're going to take it into informed action with a couple steps. So Heather, where do we start? Like, give us the starting point of when I'm frustrated. Where do I go? Um, So where we start, we have to make it data with a number. Um, oftentimes we overthink things. Oftentimes we think things are worse than they are, or we may believe that the situation is better than it really is. So we have to give what it is that we're feeling a number. Uh, I want to give an example with a story, and I'm actually going to share this at Intellicon. I get really excited when I share this story. And I actually just shared it with a team a couple of months ago. So I want to share that story as well. But So my husband and I were newlywed and we take a, a road trip. So I was born about three hours from here and I still have family living in this really small town called Neola, Utah. And I don't know about you, Kirk, but I get really excited about road trips. And one of the reasons I get really excited about road trips is because I stop at the local gas station that know me by name and I fill my cup, my 44 ounce mug with my fun drink is what my kids call it. It's a mixture of Diet Coke and Diet Dr. Pepper. Yes, I'm a dental hygienist. Yes, I am aware of the acidic nature of that drink, but I still do it. I have my water right next to it. So I've got, I've got both beverages to take on this road trip. Well, it's kind of a long road trip, right? And there is a space of time on this road trip that there's not a lot, whole lot of places or good places to stop to use the restroom. So my husband and I are newlyweds. I've got my big drink. We're, we're going along and it's like, honey, I, I think I need to use the restroom. Okay. Well, like how badly do you need to use it? Like I need to use the restroom probably like 20 miles back. Okay. Well, let's try to find a restroom. Well, it's for miles. Right. And I'm like unbuttoning my pants at this point. It's getting really uncomfortable. Can't breathe the right way. Cause I don't, I don't want to have an accident in the car. So after that trip, I said, wouldn't it be great if we had a way of communicating so that you knew and understood just how badly I had to use the restroom. And so we came up with a scale of one to 10. So if I need to really use the restroom and I need a restroom like 10 minutes ago, I'm at a 10. I'm, I'm dying like 
hospital need. <laughs> I need to go to the restroom now. I'm at a 10. If I just use the restroom, I'm at a one. So we have taken something that usually doesn't have any data and we have given it data. So it deepens our understanding. Yeah, I love it because if you don't deepen the understanding, you stay there. Now, a couple things. I'm not a brain scientist, but if you can transition the conversation that you're having with other people from the back of the brain, which is going to be a lot of the fight or flight or the feeling part of it to the front of the brain, which is the thinking, it calms everybody. One more thing I'll just share is if you and I don't have any data, we're just talking. We're just talking about how you feel, how I feel. And there are a lot of times we're not even close on the stress level feel thing. So it's really important to get aligned. Now, I will tell you, I told Heather before I hit the go button, this is something I love doing with my kids. Even when we go on vacation, it's not even stressful stuff. I'll say to all my kids, and Sarah and I have four kids, like, we'll go to a restaurant. I'll go, what'd you think? That was awesome. And I and they go, yeah, it was great. And I'm, I go, give me a number. And they're like, okay, number seven. I'm like, no, I was thinking that was a 10. And they're like, well, it didn't have this and this and this. And I'm like, wow, the number gives me great clarity on how close we were in shared experiences. Now, we're going to talk about this, but if you go to your healthcare professional, and I just went back for one of my physicals, on the desk, right to your right or left, is a pain scale thing. You have to point to a number if you're experiencing pain. Is your pain here? Is it here? Is it here? Because the doctor needs to understand where you are in the scale. What you're doing when you do this is you're making it an intelligent conversation so that now we can sort it. And so I like using data for everything because, it number one, it calms me. I'm an emotional guy. I can go, <laughs> when we go to data, we can start to sort it and come together. Am I on the right track here, Heather? Totally, yes. I mean, not only yourself, but your team members too can feel some stress and anxiety. When we're, when we're uncertain of where we are and we can't, we can't read each other's minds, that data absolutely gives us that clarity. So I shared that, that story of having to go to the restroom with one of my teams a couple of months ago. And <laughs> I asked for a few minutes into the break that I shared with the team that we were going to take at 9.30 a.m. At 9.32 a.m., I have a team member raise her hand and say, Heather, I'm at a 10. Like, I'm seriously at a 10. Can we take a break right now? And said, oh, my gosh, absolutely. We'll just start right back here in five minutes. So you can see how it does. It's like, I, I need to use the restroom versus I'm at a 10. I totally get that. It takes it and it makes it so much more clear. That stress and anxiety is gone because now I have, I have a way of telling the other people around me exactly what's going on. So, yes, it helps to reduce that frustration helps to reduce your anxiety and that of your team as well. So you're totally on the right track. Yeah, what's so funny is I, I went on a, a guy's trip to England to watch soccer. We drove all over England to watch soccer and we did exactly that. So we had a driver and we stopped at a lot of the pubs. Well, as you can imagine, six adult men, like <laughs> finally the driver's like, listen, we need some type of a system here because I can't pull over every four miles. And so even to this day in our group chat, was it a 9.5? Was it a 9.2? And so he knew whenever we got to a nine, like I got to pull over type of a thing. So I absolutely love it. So what's step number two, if I'm feeling this, like how, where do I start? How do I, what do I do next? Well, number two is you've got to collect and organize your data. So once you determine what, what it is that needs data, now you can start collecting that data. Don't overcomplicate it either. Like make it as simple as you possibly can. 
Um, you can track it manually or you can track it digitally, but you need some form of a spreadsheet. Yeah. And so, um, and I like to start with the data first. So even when we do our L10s, which is straight out of Gino Wickman's, you know, thinking method of traction and how you run a meeting, you start with the data first because the data doesn't lie. The data is just the data. You know, we're just looking at data points and uh, starting them up top. I was telling Heather before I hit, we hit the go button again, you know, we have an amazing coach here. Her name is Miranda Beeson. And I will tell you guys, if you're listening to this, like one of my biggest challenges, I'm a visionary. So I have a, I have a really hard time describing exactly what I want and how I see this looking. And as you can imagine, as somebody who works with me, they have an even harder time because they don't even know what the heck I'm talking about half the time. And they go to work on things and then I'm a wuss. So when we take a look at the work three weeks later, they go, how's this? Is this close to your vision? I go, yeah, it looks great because I don't want to upset anybody. And then my second thought is this isn't even close. So now she put a little thing at the top, which I love. You guys can use this. It's this. How close are we to your vision? Scale from one to 10. I love it. Because last week I gave her a seven and she's like, whoa, that's pretty low. Okay, what would make it a 10? Which gave me the window to tell her exactly. Now, will it ever hit a 10? Probably not. But she can see the discrepancy and where to start to work. And it relieves the pressure I feel in my heart that I'm like, this isn't close. I love it. A lot of times we got to remember we're working with human beings and they're experiencing pain. And Everybody does. And here's the other challenge. The better you guys get with your dental practice, the higher the expectations are. So bigger the frustration. So this is a great way. If you can take this frustration, convert it into data, we can start to get somewhere. Can you share? We have an amazing member of our community. Her name, I won't use her name unless you want to, but you shared with me what her and her team are doing. And I love it. So so I have a client in the community that, uh, you know, each department kind of went through a different phase of feeling burnout in the last year or so. And that is a huge frustration for a lot of practices, a lot of practices right now. So if you're feeling that, guess what? You're normal. Um, but what we did is, um, and I love what you say too all the time, Kirk, is that people can't argue with their own data. They just can't. Like the, it's the number, it's there. So what we decided to do is we decided to say, okay, if you're, if you're having a lot of bad days, clinical days in the practice, let's, let's see just how many those are, how often are they happening? So we actually created just a really easy, simple table in Google Docs that has every single team member's, team member's name, I promise I can talk today, team member's name on the left-hand side, and then the date of the month at the top. And then what they do is they tape this to the back door of the practice. And there's a little pen hanging there next to it. So as every team member walks out to their cars, they have to take the pen and write how they would rate their day from a one to five. What kind of a day did you have today? Was it a great day? Did you see awesome patients? Did you stay on time? How did you feel? How was your level of energy? All of that goes into your rating from one to five. So then at the end of the month, they could talk about that. And it's like, oh, I'm so feeling, I'm feeling burnt out. Well, all of your days were four, 4.5, five. What is it? And to your, to your question earlier, Kirk, with, with what Miranda's saying, what would help us to get to a five? It helps us to identify those gaps that you're talking about. Yeah. And I love how you said you love that because it helps you to see that there's a gap and that we're not meeting your vision. Guess what? We love it too as a team member. 
Yeah. Because again, it brings that data and information in to say, okay, what can we do differently in order to get that higher number that we all want? Absolutely. So if you're following along, you know, number one is you have to make it data with a number. Number two, you got to collect and organize the data. Number three, we have to do what Heather's talking about is we got to start taking action on it. And I want to go back to something you said. You can't argue with your own data. I didn't come up with that. Actually, Miranda offered that one and I love it. Think about this if you're a dentist. If you have people around you and you create a culture where people bring their data to you, they can't argue with their own data. Okay, let me show you what I got. Here's the numbers around this and here's how I see it. Now we've got a starting point. Coaches are so valuable in our lives. I had a coach many years ago. Her name was Deanna. She was awesome. And she actually scared me to death a little bit. But one of the things that she would say to me in our calls, because we, as you imagine, I can get on a call with anybody and go, (laughs) she would always stop me and go, listen, I'm not interested in your opinion. I'm just not. I'm interested in your data. So what data do you have? And I was like, oh, and I knew she would prepare me like I'd have to. She's like, you can bring anything to me, but I don't want your opinion. I need data and the data is truth. It's just data. And then we can talk about our interpretation of the data. What it forced me to do was get out of the back of my brain, which I was frustrated. And then I got in front. Now, the other thing she made me do is when you get to the front of the brain, you actually start to, you have to think about what to do with the data, which is what we're talking about. So now that I'm putting data to it, the question becomes, if it's a seven out of 10, like, what do we do about that? We now we have to put together a treatment plan that's very specific. And we say specific is terrific, vague is the plague around here. So, um, but one of the things we have to do is we got to choose how to report on the data. How do I do that? Yes. Well, before you go there, I want to say like, and, and I'm going to offer, if you have something that you're like, mm, I'm just not sure how to make this a data point, email me and I'll help you with that. Heather at actdental.com because anything can become data. Anything? Anything. Anything can Anything. become data. We just shared three or four examples, you and I, Kirk. Anything can become data. Miranda said, how close are we to, to achieving that vision that you have? How badly do I need to go use the restroom? Uh, rate my day. Am I burnt out today? Am I not burnt out today? How was my day? Mm-hmm. Right? Anything can become data. We just have to be really um, craftful in how we put that together. Love it. Okay. Then from that data, then we can take action, okay? Um, When we report on this data, the more frequently we report on it, the better. So whether that's during your morning huddle on a daily basis, whether that's weekly during a team meeting, as we recommend you have weekly team meetings, um, the more frequently you do, the more aware you and the team are going to be of that gap. Once you have that data and you're armed with that information, now you can make a more informed decision and you can take action on it. I love that. And I just want to piggyback on that too. You can't do this as a reactionary measure. Whenever you're frustrated, we're going to put data to it and we're just going to have a meeting. It's got to be a regular interval. Here at Act Dental, we're big fans of Atomic Habits, which is you create a week that works and then you stack habits on the week. So every week is the same. So when you look at having your meetings or you're gathering data or you're having a huddle or you're having a team meeting, This is the point where you introduce the data. If I was a personal trainer, my wife went through a program like this and it was awesome. She loved it. But she had to take a photo of her feet on the scale every day before her day started to her trainer. Now, that's forced accountability. You can do whatever you want to do, but here's what happens as a result. 
when you report date, what gets measured gets improved, but what, what gets measured and reported on significantly improved. So I would be the worst in a program like that. But if I put my feet on the scale and it's not what I want, I'm not sending that photo every day, hoping it goes up. You know, I'm hoping it goes down and now the two of us are working on a treatment plan. So I'm going to just go back and hit this hard is that you got to figure out how you're going to report on the data. Now, my coaching, and I'm sure Heather, you would say this too, is you as the dentist can't be gathering all the data. You can't. Now, because if you're a dentist and you're over-functioner, like I'm an over-functioner, I'll just do it all. You can't do that. Can you just speak to that real quick? Like people have to find collect and interpret their own data for the benefit of the practice, right? Yes, a hundred percent. Because if you, if you do it all, the team's not going to be bought into the whole process. They're just not. And if I have my name next to a number and I do on our act dental scorecard, my name is next to several numbers. If I have to go in and report that it's below goal, there's, there's a pang of guilt almost there. It's like, ah, I, I really hate that I'm bringing this back to my team and my team is counting on me to be sure that this number is what it needs to be. So I then am going to put some actionable steps in place to make that number better the following week because I don't want to let my team down, right? right? And we, we did a podcast a couple of months ago. I can't remember what number it was, but it is the eight advantages to every team member owning a number. And it was with me and Courtney and you, Kirk. And so I would highly recommend you go back and revisit that one and listen to that one again, because there is a huge advantage for each team member owning their own number. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the pitfalls that you may or may not run into in creating a business is you may find that some people don't like accountability and they don't like numbers. And that is a leadership challenge. You have to decide if we're just going to always make decisions on feelings here. And that's a hard road. I'm just going to tell you right now, I was there and that is not fun. And then you use things like, well, you don't trust me. Well, you don't trust me. Well, we, we're not making any improvements. I trust you. But like when you start to create an accountable, you know, organization where people you'll find at the end of the day, it's basically the leader that holds everybody back most. And it's not about money. But when you start to introduce a numbers, and it's not, you know, it's not always about numbers. Numbers just help us get out of the frustration. So when you start to move to an accountable structure where people like numbers, you'll find your favorite people, they like numbers. They like feedback. They like it. If you're running into a dead end, here's why I'm telling you this. If you're running into a dead end where people don't want feedback, you got to change that. My first suggestion would be find a coach. Because that's a hard thing to navigate on your own. Secondly, is if you don't want to get a coach, you got to create a system of accountability where we are all on the same page. We're all committed to making things better. And it's a healthy thing. I'll add one more thing before we go to final takeaway. I'm going to speak to a team member that might be listening to this. You might be thinking, well, this isn't fair. It is fair. And I'll tell you why. Because if I'm a chair site assistant and I work for you and you're the dentist and I'm not cutting it, you got to tell me how I can cut it, how I can get there. So if we meet and you go, listen, you're, you know, you're a three out of 10. My first thought is I'm going to be upset. The second question I'm going to ask you is, okay, I'm a three out of 10. How do I get to a 10? Or at least in the next time we sit down, how do I get to a five? Because I'm going there. And I think that's important. When you go to a school and you're talking to a teacher, that's teaching your kid, especially in middle school, you know, 
You can't have the conversation. Well, how my kid, how's my kid doing? Oh, okay. We don't give numbers here. We just do stars. That drives me crazy. Like I need to know, is my kid doing good or not? And how, I mean, give me some perspective on this. Could you imagine a day? I've said this many times. If I was your cardiologist and I didn't take any lipids, I don't know. We, we're a holistic feeling cardiologist. We just look at people and I can assess based on what they say and how they look what we do next. I'd go, I got to get out of here, you know? So um, every time you tell that story, it gives me anxiety. What? <laughs> it really does. Of the a cardiologist? Oh yeah. It's just, oh, that's just absolutely crazy. So the dental practice, you, you need those numbers. And I wanted to piggyback off something else that you said, Kirk, like anytime my clients or a team member says, I think, I feel, I assume that's when I say, okay, it sounds like we need more data or data period. We need data on this. You can't think, feel, or assume. You can't run a practice. You can't run a successful practice on I think, feel, and assume. I agree. You need, you, that, you need that data for sure. And if you've ever had a daughter play softball or a son play baseball, Little League Baseball has something called Game Changer. And yes, it's for the coach, but it's really to calm down crazy parents who are screaming all the time. And what's really fun as a coach, because I've been there, is you can say, hey, listen, can I just show you something? This is game changer. Your son is not going to the major leagues right now. And that's why we have him. Bo batted, my son batted ninth one season, but he deserved to bat ninth that season because the number just, and I, you know, I think my son is great, but like it helps us understand where are we at with this? Okay, I'll get off of that. I just love this stuff, you guys. I can talk about this. Well, give us some final takeaways. So any last thoughts on how to put this into action? Yes, don't sit and stew in your frustration. Do something about it. Remember, anything can become data. So start tracking as soon as you possibly can and delegate that tracking to your team as well so you're not doing all of it. Allow time to collect your data. We can't just immediately say, okay, we collected data for today and now we're going to report on it tomorrow. You need, you need some time, whether it's a week's worth of data, a, a month's worth of data, a quarter's worth of data, a year's worth of data, but don't wait too long too because you need to start making those informed decisions as soon as possible. So collecting the data will mean nothing and will only increase your frustration unless you start making those informed, actionable decisions based off of that data. Yeah. One other thing I'll just add to that. And we didn't talk about this during the podcast, but data tells a story. If you are a team member and you start digging in, you're going to understand the story. We have a great accountant here. His name is Tom. Tom is semi-retired and he's just brilliant. So he helps us because he's going to school and he works here part-time. And I it's so brilliant. I don't even understand what he's talking about. And he said, you have to understand numbers always tell us something. We just have to figure out what they're telling us. And I'm like, this is so brilliant. So make sure you take this frustration and put it into informed action with the use of data. Heather, thank you so much. I always love these conversations. Thank you. That was a great one. One of my favorites. I love it. I love it. So we're going to keep bringing it. We have like hundreds and hundreds of topics that keep coming up with dentists. Our goal, again, as always, is to share insight so that you guys can create a better practice and a better life. We've got a bunch of things that we mentioned during this podcast. If you're not taking notes, don't worry. We take them for you so you can flip up the Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, 
wherever you consume this podcast and go right to the link. So everything Heather and I mentioned will be right below there. You can click on it. It'll take you right there. And if you get stuck or you're frustrated and you know what to do, email Heather. (laughs) I do. Heather, I'm frustrated. Okay. She'll help you out of it. So uh, I would love to, if you don't know how to turn a frustration into data, I would love to please email me. I would, I would, I would be more than happy to help you turn it into data. That is so awesome. Awesome. Stick around. We'll always say goodbye to everybody else, but thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We are so crazy grateful. This thing continues to grow. We don't even know how, we don't even know why, but we're going to keep bringing it because we love this profession. Keep sending us suggestions for things you guys want to see. And until we see you guys next time, or you hear from us next time, keep watching, keep listening to the best practices show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.